Well, that's a long gospel, but a great one. So, so let's try to engage, re-engage maybe if you've drifted a bit in the listening of that. All right, so first off, people with glasses, my friends, my brothers and sisters, souls in solidarity through our sightedness, be it near or far, take off your glasses and have a look around. My world has changed drastically. I don't know how your world has changed because I actually can't see if your world has changed or not. Those of you who have perfect sight, poke yourself in the eye or something if you want to experience this. Okay, so here's the deal. We all have misshapen eyes, those of us who need correction. Eyes that in and of themselves can't see rightly. And so no amount of squinting or blinking can fix that. There needs to be another fix. For most of us, that means corrective lenses, right? But friends, whether you wear glasses or not, that's all of us in the spiritual life. All of us have misshapen spiritual sight all the way to and including blindness. See, blindness all throughout the Old Testament and in the New is commonly referred to, to the consequence of sinfulness. Sin blinds us. We cannot see God the way we ought to see him because of our sins. And so that's a situation that has to be dealt with. It has to be dealt with. We're all sinners. We're sinners born blind through original sin or willfully blind through our actions, through our actual sins. But the consequence is always the same. Some form of blindness, some impairment of seeing God and seeing the world, seeing others, and seeing ourselves as God would have us see them. But here's also the good news. See, we can't ignore that reality of sinfulness. That'd be like me ignoring the reality that I really need glasses, that I have misshapen eyes, that I do not see reality as it is meant to be seen. We can't ignore that reality for us. We have to live in it. But then comes the good news. Once we acknowledge that, then we open the path for the one who heals our sight, Jesus, who comes to save sinners not to condemn. Jesus, who comes to heal our sight so that we can see him, the world, other people, ourselves, the way we ought to see them. And that's what this story is about. Jesus, by the way, he wants to go way beyond just glasses. Because if I take these off, everything is blurry again. No, Jesus goes beyond just a, a, a prescription that fixes us for a while. He goes to the root cause of blindness and heals. And that's what he does for this man. Now, how he does it, by the way, is great. St. Augustine has a wonderful insight. So how does Jesus heal this blind man? Jesus spits on the ground and makes a clay, a paste, and smears it on the man's eyes. You think if there's any way to heal blindness, that might not be the way. But St. Augustine has a great insight into this. St. Augustine speaks of who Jesus is, the divine word, right? The word made flesh. So what comes from his mouth is divine. 
the divine one spits upon the ground. What's the ground? It's the earth. It's our humanity. It's what Adam means, actually. Adama in Hebrew, right? The earth, Adam formed out of the clay. So Jesus spits on the ground. God spits upon the earth and makes a paste. And in that paste, that mixture, that coming together of divinity and humanity is the healing that brings sight to the blind. Beautiful insight. So that's how it happens. Jesus gets right close to the human reality of blindness. That's for all of us. That's why it's such a hopeful day when we hear this gospel proclaimed. Jesus is not afraid of our blindness. He's not afraid of our brokenness. He's not afraid of our sinfulness, whether it be from original sin and the wound we all carry or our actual sins. When we choose to rebel against him, he's not afraid of any of that because his healing, his medicine is stronger than that sickness. So he heals the man. Jesus came to make the blind see. In Matthew's gospel, he said, the healthy don't need a doctor, the sick do. I didn't come to call the righteous, I came to save sinners. Friends, please hear that as you wrestle with your own sinfulness. Jesus is on your side. He wants to heal. His grace is coming to us, specifically to our hearts, so that he can heal us, not condemn us. He's the divine physician. I was thinking about this image of glasses versus like actual healing and not needing glasses anymore. And I know you could say like, oh, Lasix, right? But I know so many people who can't drive at night anymore because of Lasix. So I'm not doing Lasix, all right? I'll keep my glasses until the end. But here's the deal. I think that the glasses, this sight, it's like faith in Christ. As I come to faith, and it's a process, right? As I come to faith in Jesus, it's like the the church helps me. It's like the church is the great optometrist who makes you go through the whole thing, like, is this one better or this one better, right? And then it flips and this one or this one, right? And everyone who puts on glasses knows what I'm talking about, right? Because you're, you're under a ton of pressure. Like, is the first one better or the second? You're like, uh, the first, that's clear. And then the next one, you're like, uh, maybe the second? I don't know. Like, it goes back and forth. It goes back and forth. And you're thinking you're going to screw up your prescription. And I talked to an optometrist, and he's like, don't worry about that. There's so many checks in that system that if you screw one up, we'll catch it later, Right? So the church gives us really good glasses, the gift of faith, to really begin to see things rightly. But like I said, God wants to do way more than just give us the right glasses. That might be for this life. But faith is to help us see and see the one who is the source of our healing as we come to faith over time, as we keep saying yes to Jesus, as the church, through the gifts of the sacraments and the preaching of the gospel and her moral teachings, helps form the right prescription that heals the blindness of our hearts, then we begin to see Jesus. And eventually, that encounter with Jesus will completely heal us. 
and take away the need for glasses. We'll see him as he is. That's what happens to the man, by the way. When we're healed, we see rightly. Once this man is healed and Jesus comes and finds him, did you see what he did? Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? I am he, the one who is before you now. And the man gives a great prayer. I do believe, Lord. And then he worships him. See, right healing of sight will always lead us to worship. And once we've worshiped the Lord, then we see things as they are. That's the battle in our life, in this earthly life, that we worship the wrong things, put the wrong things, or sometimes even the wrong people in front of our Lord, and that always obscures our vision and causes blindness. Jesus wants to reorder all that rightly so that we can see him correctly. Once we see him and once we worship him, then we see the whole of reality differently. What I want to leave you with is this. Does your relationship with Jesus change the way you see everything? Everything in your life. Your gifts, your talents, your duties, your responsibilities, your joys? Does it change the way you view your time here at Carroll, your time on earth? Does it change the way you see your sufferings, your difficulties? Does it change the way you see your own death? Because it should. Because faith in Jesus should be lenses that we look through that change and correct our spiritual vision so that we can finally see him, the one who heals our blindness. Once we see him, then we see everything else in its right place. It's a good grace to ask for, to see the Lord. Maybe the first grace we need to ask for is this, to know that we're blind, to know that we need healing to see rightly. And then, after asking for that grace, then to ask for the grace to see Jesus. Because in seeing him, everything else falls into place. And then with the blind man, we can say, I do believe, Lord. We bow down and worship the one who heals our blindness.